guys, welcome back to Black and Behind the Scenes. I'm Antoinette. And I'm Brittany. Hey, Brittany, what's been going on? How's your week been? The week has been good. We're in the second, what, week of the year. Um, still trying to plan out the year and grind it out and, you know, trying to plan on what this thing is going to look like in 2021. <laughs> It's good that you're planning because I've officially given up. I'm just going with the flow. I'm not planning anything. I'm just like, hey, whatever the day brings, it's I'll take it on. So I, I'm done trying to plan anything. And sometimes it's like that. I mean, I think in the moments in which we don't plan, we can kind of find ourselves on the on these paths that are the most um, exhilarating, the most life changing. When we don't try to have structure or, you know, plan everything out to the T from A to Z, right? So, hey, I'm for that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just like, hey, whatever. I'm done planning things. <laughs> I'm just trying to live for the moment at this point. <laughs> I feel you, I feel you, I feel you. What's going on in the industry this week? All right. So, the industry, we have a lot of news coming up, guys. So, let's go ahead and get into the industry rundown so first up we have um idris elba he recently signed this is according to variety he signed um his green door pictures and archery pictures joined um in an ink uh joint venture for future projects so basically um in the article idris explains how in order for him to take his production company to the next level he needs to partner with another you know heavy hitting company in the industry and so picturing with archery pictures was his best option um, to be able to grow his company and take it to the next direction and level up basically for the products that he wants to produce and put out in the future. So um, I'm not surprised by this because with all the streaming different deals that are going on right now in the streaming services, everyone's looking for content. Everyone's looking for new, fresh stuff. So pu pushing out content right now is kind of the thing to do and having a bigger team makes sense in my opinion so this is a smart move for idris yeah i wasn't even aware that he had his own um production company so um i did miss out on his movie on netflix pump it up charlie a good luck Char i don't know what it was but i <laughs> i didn't watch it i know that's from his <laughs> from his company but um that's a good look yeah, it is. It's great. So hopefully um, he'll have some dope projects coming out from that also. So it's pretty cool. Um, so kind of on the same notion and topic in a way, um, Queen and Slim director Melina Matukas signed her first look deal with MGM. Along with her, Kevin Hart also signed a first look deal with Netflix. And Tessa Thompson signed her first look deal with HBO and HBO Max. Now, uh huh? I said, oh, wow, I didn't know Tessa Thompson had a, a company either. You know, every, you know, everyone's coming up with their companies, doing their thing. Um, and so just to give people a backstory, kind of what a first look deal is. Um, a first look deal is an agreement between a creator and a film studio in which the studio fronts the production costs of the creator into and in turn to have a first look or the first right of refu refusal for the scripts, books, or other properties they want to develop for film and television. If the studio passes on the project, the creator is able to shop them around other places as well. Um, and so I thought it was kind of important for people to understand kind of what a first look deal is. So when we do see these articles, these headlines, like this person has a first look deal or this one has one, what the meaning is that and what, what it is for the creator behind the scenes and how 
um, what that means for their career and their stature in the industry, basically. Yeah, I mean, it basically just adds value to your name. Like, there is a large company backing you who um, believes in your talent um, and that you also not only believes in your talent, but believes that you can bring the money along with the, with the story. So uh, it's a good look to have any first look deal with any company, you know. Absolutely. And what I find interesting also is that... Uh, I looked, I looked specifically in comments when I saw Kevin Hart's deal came out like on Monday or Tuesday earlier in the week. And I just looked in the comments to see what people's reviews were about Kevin Hart getting his deal. And of course, they're mixed reviews. Um, some people are for it. Some people are not for it. Um, me personally, all I want to say is that, you know, regardless of how I feel about Kevin Hart's content or what he does and, you know, his comedian style, etc., I feel that... Well, with it, with with Kevin Hart's deal specifically with Netflix, he's able to create, um, produce four films with them, and he will star in the films and produce them. Um, I wanted to put that out there and say that first, and I'm for this only because, you know, I feel that other people, like white creators, are able to have bad films. They're able to get these four, ten picture deals with these studios and able to create you know, great good things and bad things or just be able to play, you know? So I feel that it's about time for people of color to have the opportunity within the film space to play and to create and to just have content out there and just figure out what story or what voice you want to have and what vehicle you want to use to do that. So regardless of the feelings of how you feel about Kevin Hart or whatever it is, set that aside and just be appreciative that we finally are able to be able to create in a space or have the opportunities to be able to um, play. I mean, I agree wholeheartedly. If um, Adam Sandler can continue to give us shitty Netflix <gasps> movies, then we can <laughs> get the same thing from Kevin Hart. I mean, I also, I also would admonish people from automatically thinking that, it's going to be bad, whatever you get from Kevin right. Hart. Now, we'll say this. That stand-up he did was not funny. But just because Kevin Hart is inking the deal does not mean that he is not bringing in a team with him of other talented writers or actors. And so we don't know what we're going to get from him. So let's just wait and see. Yeah, let's let's wait to critique later. Like, give the man chance. <laughs> All right, so on the tech note side, guys, Hulu recently announced um, that they will be offering a $2 monthly streaming plan for college students. Um, this is, comes from Variety. They said that starting January 11th, Hulu will be offering college students over the age of 18 their service for $1.99 per month and $2 with ads. Within the offer, students are allowed to access two simultaneous streams Hulu's reasoning for this offer will be to, one, increase subscribers to gain momentum against Disney Plus, of course, and two, they hope by doing this that college students will continue to use their platforms once they graduate. Um, Hulu is partnered with Sheer ID, a verification platform based in Portland, Oregon. 
um, to be able to launch this, the college students must submit their information in a form and Sheer ID then takes that information to confirm qualifications. If you are a college student and would like to participate in this offer, visit hulu.com backslash student and sign up today. That's awesome. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. I mean, as a college student, you know, you're already pitching pennies over there, having to pay for books and pay for tuition and with college, you know, surpassing the amount of money that it is cost to be in college today it just keeps rising every year i mean the least you can do is give students you know discounts on other um extracurricular activities or things so i think that's pretty cool yeah and i'm pretty sure this is also just a play to kind of bring in back that generation of um um gen zers to bring them back into the fold of um watching tv right because they are not um cable subscribers they're mostly getting all their content from what tiktok um youtube they're not paying for these things so if you offer it to them for cheap then you can bring them back into the fold so i think that's a good that's a good idea if you want to bring in that demographic Absolutely. I think, yeah, they know what they're doing. They're just trying to pull in, especially their rival right now with Disney. Everybody's butting heads. I mean, streaming wars have begun now. They're really getting at it with the numbers and really trying to beat each other over the head right now. So let may the best, what, device or content win? Whatever platform <laughs> wins. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. My next story comes from Shadow and Act. It's about Miss Issa Rae. She launched her online master class for creators looking to carve their own path. Issa Rae has launched her own master class. And within the series, Issa will be sharing inspiring lessons for creatives on how to find your own unique story and carve your own path. Breaking down the scenes from her successful web series, The Misadventures of of Awkward Black Girl and Insecure, Ray will be teaching Masterclass subscribers how to develop a pilot, create multidimensional characters, write dialogue, and how to utilize feedback. She also shares practical advice and exercises to help members shape their creative process, establish a good writing habit, and get started on their writing journey. I think this is excellent. Um, Issa has been the blueprint for the new generation of content creators on how to get started without help from anybody in Hollywood or having a mentor or anything. Like she kind of grinded it out on her own and she has been such an inspiration to myself. Um, and I'm sure you as well, Brittany, um, to show you that you don't need to kind of have that backing from Hollywood to get started and to move your, your dreams forward now that we have the internet and digital platforms out. So I hope that young people are inspired to take this information and kind of run with it and create things. I know one particular platform that I'm familiar with that reminds me of what East is currently doing is Damn Right Originals, which um, we spoke about on this platform before, but they um, definitely mirror a lot of the things of starting your own content and, you know, developing your own characters and pushing your own stories out there. Um, I think they're doing an amazing job with that. So I would love to see more content creators similar to them be able to take kind of Issa's blueprint and, you know, run. Issa walked for us now. Take it and run, guys. Agreed. I wholeheartedly agree. I don't have anything else to say on that. You dropped the mic. <laughs> speaking of... <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And speaking of dropping the mic, they HBO dropped the mic when they announced that season five will be the last season of Insecure. Um... 
Brittany, you have your thoughts on that at all? I mean, I think it's appropriate. I think it's time. Um, we've grown with these characters, and I think they're at this age in which they'll probably... Um, you're never going to figure it out, right? You're going to be 50 and still trying to figure your life and stuff out, right? Have problems. But I think this is a good stopping point um, if they wrap up some of those storylines to end our journey with these characters. I mean, I'm not mad at it. You want to end on a high note. And I think five seasons is pretty good. It doesn't feel like five seasons. is like, because right. what, like the first three seasons we were only getting what eight episodes right. <laughs> so then it, it, on that note it almost feels a little too soon because we we didn't get a lot of episodes like um veep <laughs> yeah. but i mean still that's that's a good look and i'm pretty sure she's ready to um to move on and, and create other programming and content so yeah Absolutely. I agree with everything you said. Um, it's, I, I believe it's time for the series to wrap. Um, all the characters who are actually on the show have grown and they're doing other things. Another series that reminds me of this that I feel that's going to wrap after they do their fourth and fifth season is Atlanta. Um, I think they're all... If Atlanta even comes back. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever they come back. I feel they're they're going to wrap that up because a lot just like Insecure, it was a, a great battleground for these up and coming actors and names that we were not familiar with. Now that we're familiar with them, they're out doing amazing things and all these great projects that you know it's time for the characters to go on and you know, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. Okay, guys, the last um, story is not really a story. It's just an update that I wanted to give you is that Judas and the Black Messiah um, has a, uh, their launch date or their release date. They will be um, releasing that movie on HBO Max February 12th. Um, so be on the lookout for that because I know I'm going to be there February 12th watching the same day that it comes out. So I'm excited. Um, is this going to be released in the theaters as well? Now, I saw that it said, I mean, I know they're releasing it um, at Sundance when they um, do the screening for that. And that's kind of, I believe, within the same period of when it's going to release on HBO Max. It said big screen also. Now, they did not specify where it will be screened at, if it's only Sundance or if it's actually going to be in theaters, because big screen can mean, you know, various things. Um, I will keep an eye out for that. And if I do find out that it will be in theaters and what locations, I will, you know, update everyone. But they did not specify. I'm just wondering because I know Wonder Woman um, 1984 was kind of HBO's um, or uh, Warner Max, their first attempt at this um, in theater and at home release. And mm -hmm. as far as viewership goes um, and and... Yeah, just viewership. As far as viewership goes, it did pretty well. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know about critical success. I, I, I saw it, but I know a lot of people didn't like it. But I think because that did so well, I'm, I'm interested to see how those numbers correlate to box office um, figures. And um, I'll say this. I think with... Judas and the Black Messiah being their second kind of big release in doing this. Um, 
they're being the guinea pigs, but I also think it's a good thing that this is uh the second release will be a black film and then it will also be a black film that's um very black <laughs> and black and controversial, right? <laughs> Not as controversial as American skin, but that's another Oh girl. <laughs> That is, I can't, I'm keeping my eye on that film. That's a, that's another whole episode. <laughs> it is. And I can't wait. <laughs> All right, guys. And that's it for the industry rundown. <laughs> All right, you guys. Um, this week, we're going to spotlight Kay Oyungin. Um, she is a screenwriter and director, producer. Um, last year, she got an overall um, look like we spoke about earlier with 20th Century Fox. Um, And now she will be doing her first feature, which she's the writer of, of Assisted Living. Um, It's in the works. Cardi B has been tapped to be the main character, and this is Cardi B's first movie in which she would be the feature of a film. But Kay has been doing her thing in Hollywood for a while. Like I said, she got her... um, an overall deal last year with 20th Century Fox. Um, She is a writer and producer on This Is Us. In fact, a lot of the storylines that have to do with particular with Ray, not Ray, Randall, um, you can accredit that to her. Um, In fact, she did her first directorial debut on one of the episodes recently for this season. Um, She's been a writer for Queen and Sugar. And she's also tapped to um, be the screenwriter for the adaption of Children of Blood and Bone, which I can't wait to um, actually see. And um, I just want to shout her out because, you know, like I said, she's been doing her thing in Hollywood for for a good while now. And to to get your first feature is a is a good thing. So, yeah. Oh, very cool. Yeah, because I did um, highlight Cardi B on Assistant Living. Um, I saw that she did get that role um, for that series. So I did highlight that today. But that's awesome that um, we had her as a spotlight because that is has been big news all week. So congratulations. Yeah. Fantastic. All right, guys. In our next segment of Stream or Skip, we will be reviewing three movies. Um, that have been released this, well, one last year and one this year. Yeah, two last year and one this year. The first up is Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Um, this movie was based um, on Ma Rainey's character, and it takes place as tensions rise when the trailblazing blues singer Ma Rainey and her band gather at a recording studio in Chicago in 1927. The writer for this was Ruben Santiago Hudson, and the screenplay was written by August Wilson. It was produced by Todd Black, Denzel Washington, and Danny Wolf, starring Viola Davis, Chadwick Boseman, and Coleman Domingo. So with that, Brittany, I will turn it over to you and say, um, what are your thoughts on this film, um, whether positive or negative? Um, I really liked it. I would say I'm a a fan of August Wilson plays. I have not seen Mar Rainey, but... um, I'm pretty sure that this, if this has Denzel and Viola backing it, I'm pretty sure that it was very closely adapted from the play uh, because when Denzel produced Fences, which is also an August Wilson play, I mean, that was literally verbatim. Like there were no liberties taken, nothing added, nothing subtracted. It was literally that play put on screen. And I'm, I'm 
I can probably say 90% sure that the same thing was done with Ma Rainey. So, but, and in that, in that regards, then I was a huge fan. Um, I thought everybody did very well. It was very chilling to see um, Chadwick Boseman um, on screen. In fact, he, I could tell in some like shots, like in the very beginning of the film, he was a little bit skinnier than he was in other parts of the film. So it was kind of eerie to just know, oh, okay, this is what he was going through while he was shooting this film and nobody on set knew. Um, but I mean, classic Chad Bo- Chadwick Boseman um, style acting. Viola is also the goat. I liked it. I even like um, Coleman Domingo. I think he's a good actor. Like wh- his roles on um, Fear the Walking Dead. I really like him on that show. So yeah, I mean, I really liked it. What were your thoughts? My thoughts about the film, I thought the film was, I thought it was great. Um, it, so because it was adapted from the play, it has those strong elements, similar defenses of where they focus only on one or two particular scenes and dialogue is the main focus of this particular movie. So if you're looking for more of a backstory on Ma Rainey, um, you're not going to get it. Um, like I said, it's only focused on her partic- this one studio recording session that she had. But there's so much being said without having to have an understanding of her, her I guess, her life story as of yet that you just get a peek and a glimpse into some of the things that she had to deal with in her life as a black woman, you know, as a singer in the time period in which this takes place in. Um, so... I love the dialogue, the parallel between Chagawit Bozeman's character and her character as far as the male perspective in that time period and the woman's perspective in that time period. And I also um, appreciated, what else was it? Um, Even though they did not give a huge backstory as far as her life, they did give you a peek and a glimpse into her lifestyle and kind of um, the way people viewed her. Um, her lifestyle at that time also even if it were just looks or glances it didn't even have to be said just from the expressions of the faces of people you kind of pick up that emotion and kind of what she went through whether it was white characters in the film or black characters um, in the film so I really love that and um, one thing that I found interesting that um, that I see when it comes to black women, when they are um, sexually fluid, whether it is back in the 1920s or era or currently, it it seems to me that they're always okay with um, having that conversation with uh, about black women and their sexuality, um, whether they're with women, men, et cetera. But when it comes to black men, they never speak of that. And, and I know for sure, like, I know there are probably men that are also sexually fluid that have been in other genres or industries, whether it's music, whether it's, it doesn't matter, but it just seems to me that when it comes to women in general, they're okay with saying, oh yeah, she, she liked women, you know, or this, that, and the third, but they're never comfortable of displaying that with men. I find that interesting. 
that's just because, you know, back in the 20s, homosexuality or being fluid on the sexuality spectrum uh, was such a taboo subject and probably not as easily expressed for men of color because of the environment. Not only did you have to deal with um, um, the patriarchy and heteronormative ideas, but you also had to deal with um, um, racism, right? And so... Um, we saw that struggle in Lovecraft Country this summer with Montrose's character, um, Michael Williams' character, Montrose Freeman, and how, you know, he wanted to be with his lover, but he could not be with his lover. And and, and that is such a major dialogue or um, internal fight between um, a black male and himself, right? And I think August Wilson, Wilson does a great job and all his plays seem to touch on this point of like black people wanting more for themselves but shrinking because of their environment but then also having these dominant characters who are like pushing against the norm so it's always that fight um and I don't really know how to conclude that statement but (laughs) but yeah I mean that's why I don't think you're going to see that fluidity unless it's specifically a movie about um, that type of male back then in that environment. But you're not going to see like a black gay male in the 20s and then he be open and then he walking down the street and nobody's calling him all types of names and he's not fearful of his life, right? You're not going to see that. And he's not going to be as open with that because he knows the dangers of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. That's true. Um, One other point that I did want to notice is that I completely um, told, I don't know when it clicked, but um, the movie Bessie starring Queen Latifah, Ma Rainey's character was played by Monique in that movie and she did a fabulous job. So, I mean, I feel that that story, Bessie, honestly, I watched Bessie probably once a year. I love that movie so much. Yeah, I really, really love that movie. I think they did a fantastic job with that. And when I was watching um, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, I was telling um, uh, Corey that, oh, this must be the um, singer who came before Bessie in um, the the genre of you know music that they were doing. And it didn't dawn on me that that was Bessie's mentor um, who took her on the road until I started putting the puzzles and pieces together. So if you've seen Bessie, you kind of already have a backstory on Mom Rainey and her relationship with Bessie and how that mentorship went. And then you fast forward to, you know, um, Mom Rainey's Black Bottom and you get a peek into her world more so with this um, session that she has. So I thought that was pretty cool and dope to be able to tie those two films together um yeah and had that parallel so yeah because my rainy is a um real person these right. other characters are fictional so yeah mm-hmm. yes very much so um and another thing that that i didn't i, I wish they wouldn't have harped on a lot of because the other characters were fit, fictional is that i felt like chadwick boseman character had um a lot of spotlight on him more so than um it needed to be but i mean but to me the play is about him it's a uh, the play is about his character the black male perspective as a lot of august wilson plays are got it that's just that's just gonna be how it is (laughs) 
<laughs> because yeah, I, I saw that and I was like, oh, well, I wish it would have focused more on her. But now that you gave me that backstory, it makes sense of this yeah, is just no. what it is and how it's going to be. Okay. Yeah. And to be honest with you, I feel like the play in the movie is more about his story and she is an ancillary character. She is the background. She is the backdrop just so we can get to know more about this particular character. What was his motivations? What's his mindset? What led him to do what he did at the end? Right? It's about him. It's not about my Rainey. Although their fight for um, to be seen, to be heard to to be in power of themselves and in and in the world is the same it's parallel but the story is more about that character so do you think the name should have changed no i'm not gonna say that because you know august wilson is the goat in playwriting so i i mean he had a very specific reason why it was that way you know Mm -hmm. every one of his plays are set in a different um decade so yeah no i knew going into this that it was called my rainy but it ain't really about my rainy okay all right got it yeah because i didn't know what to expect coming into it um i had no expectations honestly i just wanted to watch the film so okay i I get that so all in all are we letting people or what's your opinion for stream or skip definitely stream i mean Anything with August Wilson, you should definitely watch. I mean, that's culture. That's that's um, heritage. That's, um, like I said, he's the GOAT. You should definitely engage and, and know him and know of his work. So, yeah, stream. Agreed, stream. <laughs> um, okay, so our next film up is a Disney Pixar film, Soul. Um, it's about a musician who has lost his passion for music that is, and then is transported out of his body and must find his way back with the help of an infant soul learning about herself. The writer for this is Pete Doctor, Mike Jones, and Kent Powers. It was produced by Dana Murray, starring Jamie Foxx, Tina Fey, and Graham Norton. Um, Brittany, what were your thoughts on Soul? I thought it was a cute movie. Um... Uh... Maybe cute is not the word. <laughs> I thought it was a a deep movie for children's animation. Uh, I'm pretty sure this is not targeted to kids. Although it seemed like it was. It was, um... Did you see that other Disney Pixar movie, um... With the girl and about her emotions? Yeah, Inside Out. Yes, that one. So it was very reminiscent of that. But those emotions were like anger happy joy this was something more ethereal more spiritual (laughs) more hard to grasp and to even understand to the point where i felt like there are some movies or some animations that has jokes or storylines that are more adult in nature but still like kids can laugh at some of the witty you know, commentary or characters falling or something like that. I didn't feel like that at all. Like, I just didn't feel like this was a a kid's movie. And then when I think about it, did they market it as a kid's movie or do we just assume all animation is marketed toward kids? I don't know. But 
it ain't for the kids because who has time to explain to children what it means to be in this world what is life purpose no <laughs> you don't have time to explain it to a four eight year old oh i'm so glad you said that because i feel the same way when i i mean 10 minutes into this movie I'm like, oh, this is profoundly deep. Like, this is something, like, I need to put my thinking cap on. I need to go soul and spiritual searching to figure out my answers to these questions because I don't even know myself. How am I supposed to explain this to a child? I, I just, I, I was baffled by how they really went there with a lot of things. And now, I don't want to give anything away, but when I, okay, first, let's, let me rewind. When I first heard about this movie, and it was called Soul, and Jamie Foxx was starring in it. I thought that this movie was going to be about maybe the essence of black people and like pride and like the, you know, maybe the, the swag of black culture. So, and then I saw the trailer and I'm like, oh no, the black man, you know, dies in the trailer. Okay. And this is about his actual soul itself. Oh, oh, okay. Um, and I just didn't know where they were going with that. So after, you know, watching the film, I just think, I, I don't think it's meant for children either. I, it can't possibly because I wouldn't have my son watch this. I, I'm sorry. I, I just, I can't. I was going to ask my friend how, I mean, if her and um, her children watched it and kind of, you know, my goddaughter, she's four. And I just really want to know what she, <laughs> girl, what did you take away from this film? What did you like about so the cat <laughs> exactly and i'm like how would a child it's not like shrek like shrek was a movie that kids could watch and laugh and like with parents and parents get the adult jokes and the kid jokes and it's, it's both level you can have a good time this movie is not like that at all no not at all not at all not at all okay so another thing that i thought about the movie that i felt was interesting was you know you saying that you thought this was about <laughs> black soul I did. To me, I mean, the character, the main character is black, but he could have been white. I mean, there was nothing particularly black about it, except that barbershop scene. Right. Agreed. But this is before I saw the character and, like, knew the back, like, he was a musician. This is when I just heard Soul and Jamie Foxx playing the main character. I knew nothing else about it. So I thought the direction of it was going to go somewhere else. But what are your thoughts about folks seeing like they're tired of seeing black animated characters be um objects and not themselves so like in um I don't know that movie I can't even think it was a spy movie that um Will Smith came in and then majority of the movie he was a pigeon and then like you know in Princess and the Frog Tiana was a, a frog for majority of the movie and here we have another main character who's black and he's a a soul and then he's a cat and then he's you know what I'm saying so do, did you do you have any feelings on on if you think that's intentional um by these animation companies to to limit black animation on screen okay um i absolutely i was infuriated when i saw that the character dies i mean you see it in the trailer so i'm not giving that away guys i i'm not giving that away you see that he drops down into the little hole in the trailer and that he dies i was pissed when i saw that i'm like 
the first time that we actually have a, a protagonist in a Pixar film, he dies within the first five minutes of the film. Are you freaking kidding me? And then the princess and the frog, that infuriated me about, you know, she's not even a real princess. She's a freaking assistant made to this um, wealthy child. And then she becomes a, a frog for all the film. And then at the end, she marries a prince, then becomes a princess for like two minutes. I just... I don't know if this is done intentionally. I don't want to, you know, put that, you know, I want to have the best, you know, positive mind to say it's a coincidence that this is happening, but I have noticed. I can't say that I haven't noticed and I haven't thought about it. Um, it's the same thing. Like when we think about, you know, black people in horror films, why are they the ones always dying the first five, 10 minutes within the film? Um, we've seen that several times over. Um, I don't know. I think it's, it goes back. I, I, I would be slow to say that this is intentional as well, but I do think that it is evidence of lack of diversity and inclusion in the boardroom, um, a lack of understanding about um, the Black experience or um, any experience that's not white. I mean, because we could say the same thing with any other cultural movie that Disney or Pixar has done and made some of their main characters um not people um and i think i think people are animation companies and hollywood period are genuinely and i'm trading lightly genuinely trying to change and, and be diverse but it's going to take them a while because hollywood is such an old-fashioned system mm-hmm. this is something that has been in works for a long time and if you don't think racism wasn't deeply embedded into Hollywood, then you are sadly mistaken. And it's going to take a long time for us to change um, and break down those barriers and making sure that we have, like I said, that diversity, that inclusion in the in the boardroom and making sure that we have black animators so that, you know, in that barbershop scene where you see him, he lining up, he got that pinky out, he got his tattoo, you know? So it seems authentic, but that only happens when you have those black writers, those black animators, those black staff in the room. But if you don't have anyone green lighting and saying, hey, why don't we think something differently for this character? And why don't we make him a whole fully realized human being? Um, we're not going to see it. I think they're just like, diversity, black. Whatever, everybody jump in the water, <laughs> right? They just throw whatever's going to stick to the wall. And um, sometimes it can feel a little like half-ass thought, right? Like, mm, yeah. we could have thought a little deep on this. So, I don't know. I think other than that, I thought Soul was a good movie. <laughs> okay, so with that, you would suggest Dreamer's Tip for you? I would say stream because even if with all these other rooted problems in the film, I think like you said, it will give you some things to think about when you finish watching this film about your life, your life choices, how you're living your life. What are you doing to it? What's your purpose? What does that mean for you? Especially if you don't think about those things. So yeah, I would say stream only if so, so that you can get these uh, self-actualization thoughts <laughs> but like stream it right away maybe you don't have to but like you're not doing anything on a friday night whatever yeah 
Okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, what are your thoughts? Honestly, I, I would say skip. Ooh. Um, unfortunately, only reason why I would say that is because I just don't feel that. I mean, I went into this film with a very open mind. I didn't listen to anybody else's reviews. I didn't, you know, I saw nothing prior to it um, besides my own thoughts from seeing the trailer and just being excited to watch the film. And honestly, just five, ten minutes into it, I was ready to cut it off. You was blown because he was dead. <laughs> no, I, yeah, well, maybe. Maybe that's what it was. And then it just went really deep. And I think you need to be on some things in order to take that trip with them to be able to go to the deep valleys and things like that. And I'm, no. I said, watch it if you want to get some. But if you just like trying to chill, no. Maybe this ain't the movie for you to chill on. No, it's not. It's not a Netflix and chill. It's not a Disney Plus and chill kind of thing. No, don't do that. <laughs> okay, so it's a skip for you. It's a skip. Yeah, so guys, 50-50 here. <laughs> Respect. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, next up, guys, we have, a sh so on the theme of animation, um, we're going to switch over to Netflix um, and review Canvas, which is a short film about a grieving grandfather struggling to reclaim his passion for painting after suffering a loss, finds the inspiration to create again. Um, the director of this was Frank Albany III, um, he was also the animator on Soul, <laughs> um, Coco, and Toy Story 4. Um, he was also the executive producer for Hair Love, the short film. Um, the production company was Netflix Animation, and the music was um, produced by Jermaine Stegall. And... Um, there's no, this is strictly, there no, there's no dialogue within this short film at all. So, um, Brittany, what did you think about Canvas? I thought it was um, very cute. A cute short film. Um, and by the way, you guys, Frankie is a black male. So, I'm all for uh, black animators, black graphic artists, um, especially ones who are working on major motion pictures. Um, and I like his style, honestly. So I, I, I do like this film. Like you said, it's a short, there is no dialogue, um, but you understand the storyline and it's cute. What is it like? 15 minutes? If that? Yeah, I think it's about nine or 15 minutes long. I don't think it's, it's not, I know it's not past 20, so it's very short. Um, yeah, so it's not, not too bad. What were your um, thoughts on it? So... I love seeing the brown animation characters. I thought that was beautiful. Um, the the and with with that comes. Um, I love the natural hair of the mother of the daughter. I love the animation within the animation within the animation. I thought that was really dope. And I also loved how much emotion it evoked um, without speaking a word. I just thought the faces of the characters. Um, were so realistic and so relatable and so it pulls you in to the storyline that you just get engulfed in it and you just, at least I did, and I totally forgot what was going on around me because I was so captivated by the beautiful lighting of the, the picture um, and just the story itself. So, um, yeah. Okay, so this is a definite stream? Oh, absolutely. It's a stream for me, for sure. Agree. 
And on the flip side, this is something that I would recommend you watching with your children. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can watch this with your kids. <laughs> Some very treacherous things about life and its purpose and your soul. <laughs> I mean, well, Canvas was about lost and finding, you know, your passion again. And that's kind of deep. And deep, but in a way where it's like, it's, 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 you can't explain it to children. Like, you know, a loss of a, a grandparent or an elder, I feel is a little bit easier explained than a guy walking down the street, falling into a hole, turning in. Oh, no, you know what? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give the movie away. But I just feel that <laughs> the elements are a little bit easier to digest. All right. I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. <laughs> all right guys so that wraps up um streamer skip as well as our show for this evening we appreciate you all joining us for another week of black and behind the scenes attention all independent filmmakers producers writers directors you name it we are looking for your content if you are a movie, short film, animation, or all of the above maker, please send us your content to watch, review, and rave about. To submit, please email us at blackandbehindthescenes at gmail.com or reach out and connect with us on IG at blackandbehindthescenes. All right, crew, that's it for this week. If you're watching us on YouTube, please like this video, comment, and subscribe. If you are listening, thank you for tuning in. We appreciate every download and every view. Stay safe and don't forget, sharing is caring. And until next time, I'm Brittany. And I'm Antoinette. Bye. Peace.